Welcome to Be The Life with Lucy Green. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Beaver Pod Life. Today we've got with us Cassie Woods, one of our members of our nursing committee. Hello, Cassie. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. So Cassie um, is actually a, a kid that was very horsey and, uh, and started off not in nursing, but started off as a head girl in a show jumping yard. Um, before going on to start training to be a, a vet nurse, and you started off in equine before moving into small animal for a period. And then you went off and did a degree in bio-veterinary sciences at Liverpool University and then came back out and started working as an equine vet nurse and set up your own equine practice with your husband, who's a vet, which is Lower House Equine Clinic in Shropshire, which you did in 2016. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We um, uh, we started the clinic um, just basically with the aim of it just being a very small practice. Um, and um, we grew very quickly to have full facilities and, you know, everything you'd expect to find in a, in a modern equine practice, really. That's amazing. So, yeah, so you're you're quite an interesting and, and certainly in, in a contrast to the interest that we've had with Marie and Rosina in the previous two nursing podcasts in that you've gone down that kind of management route, really, haven't you? And, but also stayed very much hands on at the same time, running the clinic and being a vet nurse still. Um, talk me through how that evolved. So obviously you you didn't I think when you told me um, early before we were chatting that you didn't have equine nurse training available when you were training so um, you know things have moved on a lot in the profession what what would um, what would you say to some nurses that were looking to try and combine their nursing careers with management now how would you advise people do that and tell us a bit about how you sort of got into it and how you found it um, so yeah, when I started working my first equine practice, it was um, I think it was two thousand and five, and there weren't really huge opportunities to train as an equine nurse. Um, but I was really fortunate that the practice I worked in it was a referral practice. It was incredibly busy, um, and I just learned so much. And um, you know, I, I got so much from that that role and and the training and the teaching that I had there. And I was fortunate to work with really supportive colleagues that helped me in any way they could. Um, and it really inspired me to follow my dream of working with horses in a way that wasn't as just a groom so um I went on to then try and find ways to train as a qualified equine nurse and um as I said the the opportunities there were really few and far between and it was incredibly competitive to get in so I actually went into small animal nursing um it wasn't as a training role um, but it was just a way to develop and learn new skills um from that I ended up working in the small animal branch practice where I was um, really, it was just me and one or two vets that were there. And I I did everything really from assisting with procedures, helping the vets, working on reception um, and just some of the management things as well, um, you know, with the practice. So even little things like opening and closing the clinic in the day from cashing up and doing stock and helping with RCVS inspections and things like that. So it was there I got a little bit of a taste for what you know, a a combined role could be where you're also using your skills as a nurse, but there are other options available just to keep the interest in the job, really. Um, So following that, I, as you said, I went to university, again, learned some huge skills at uni on the bio-veterinary science degree, um, and then finally became a qualified equine nurse. Um, And here I am now at at Lower House, where I've managed to combine both, um, still very much loving the equine nursing and love the hands-on part of the role but really really enjoying the challenge of of setting up and running a new business and and all the the sort of things that come along with that as well now how do you divide your time so what's the sort of normal day like for you I suppose just to get put people in the picture 
Um, so, you know, mornings very much start off as a, as a normal equine nurse. Um, so I'll come in, always try and make sure the team's okay. That's, that's a big thing for me. Always, you know, make sure everyone's all right. Um, inpatient rounds. So I do TPRs, give medication, um, make a plan with our veterinary groom and the vets. Um, and then we'd usually start seeing the first horse from sort of nine o'clock. Um, we're quite a lameness heavy practice. So we do a lot of lameness, um, if I'm honest, that's not my huge interest, which is where, um, you know, sometimes that's perhaps um, where I think it's important to find out what you love in the job because you can certainly develop your strengths. And my strengths are more in maybe the medicine and the theatre nursing. And um, But, you know, equally, I, I still get heavily involved with the lameness works up. Um, but from then, we'll, we'll see cases through the day. And then in between cases, I suppose that's when I start to do things um, around the business as well. Um, so that could be anything from accounts, paying invoices, sorting out rotors, um, HR, um, working on the RCBS practice standards, dealing with client complaints if we ever have any, um, you know, and generally stock and equipment management um, and just making sure everything runs smoothly for the whole team and the vets in particular. And yeah, how many people have you got in the practice? How many nurses, how many vets or lay staff, um, I suppose? What's the sort of size, I suppose? So at the moment, we have, um, it's just me actually as the equine nurse. Um, we are just about to take on another equine nurse and we have one that's ready to start training this year. So gradually, we're quite trying to increase our, our team from a nursing point of view. Um, in the office, we have three full-time um well, it's two. It's one full time and two part time receptionists, um, and then another person that comes in to cover holiday who's been with us from the start. Um, the vet team is smaller at the moment than we want it to be. Just we've had some staff shortages, um, so really we should be a four and a half vet practice um, at the moment. We're three, um, so it's yeah, it's that's a little bit of a challenge as well as a business owner to you know to make sure that we we can deal with situations like staff shortages um, and recruitment. Yeah etc so that would be another part of my role as well yeah and I guess that leads us nicely on to something that we've discussed in the other nurse podcast which is what Beaver's really working hard on with the new nurse committee is is sort of better use of our nurses in equine practice so you know in small animal practice as you've got experience of you know nurses have quite set responsibilities I suppose it's a bit more consistent potentially from practice to practice whereas in equine certainly appears there's a lot more variation you know some practices don't use their nurses half as um intensely I suppose I don't mean that in a kind of time way but I mean in terms of the skills that they're asked to 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 use and 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 the responsibilities they're asked to take on but some practices will use nurses much more in a kind of technician horse holding capacity whereas others you know potentially I presume like your practice which is what we'd like to hear about really the nurses will be given a lot more in terms of things to do responsibilities talk us a little bit through your experience in that having come from small animal practice at some point as well but also your sort of over the process of your career how equine practices vary and how it's changing um yeah so small animal definitely is very different um you know the most obvious one really is is the small animal anesthesia um which takes up a huge part of the small animal nurses day and um also consulting small animal nurses are doing a lot more consulting than we are i think with the new um things that Beaver are putting in place and, and the realisation that nurses can do a lot more than, you know, as you said, just horse holding, um, it's really starting to change and nurses are given 
much more opportunities now if they want to grasp them. And in our clinic in particular, I mean, I'm confident to go out and take a full set of x-rays. Um, I'm confident to go out and, and give some sedation. Um, you know, I'm confident in the clinic to do all of the normal things that nurses are doing, um, you know, bandage changes, um, uh, assisting in theatre, scrubbing into theatre, general nursing around the clinic. Um that stuff is is still really really important, as well as things like your biosecurity and and your customer care as well. Um, but I think there are so many opportunities for nurses, and in particular with the ambulatory side of things, um, well, the skills that we have and we're using in clinic every day, we can use out on the road, and that can actually really help the profession because lots of people that we talk to seem to be short staffed at the moment, and we found even here that I can actually take off a couple of calls from the vets at the moment um, for, for basic things. Like this morning, I've been out and done um, a suture removal and a sedate to clip. And, you know, that's freed a vet up for an hour, whereas they could be rushing back and forth to try and do that. And I've actually had plenty of time with the client and offered what I feel is quite a good service. Um, so it's definitely changing in a more positive ways. And I think using nurses in this way is definitely going to help the vets as well with their um, workload. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, we've we've said that in the other podcasts as well. There's a there's a recruitment retention issue, as we know, both probably in in the veterinary profession and in the nursing profession. To be fair, but yeah. the, the point is, if we can better use the skills that we've got available within practices, not only do you make the practice more efficient and um and and hopefully give people the responsibilities, but they it's also that bit about being fulfilled in your job. I mean, everyone's different. Everyone's going to feel a passion or a desire to, to work in different parts of their professional fields. Yeah. And, you know, there's not one size fits all, is there? So it's not like every vet nurse should just be doing hands-on, you know, vet nursing. And same with a vet. I mean, you know, a vet might not want to just do 100% clinical work. You know, there's lots of ways of combining different skill sets and, and, and varying what you do, not just day to day but throughout your career going forwards and you've obviously found the sort of combination of management and clinical work really really sort of float your boat I suppose um if you had nurses come to you in your practice um say you know they want to do a bit more management stuff or they want to start doing some training or teaching or you know how would you talk to them obviously you know within the practice uh, in terms of employment but if they were looking career-wise long term how would you advise a nurse going to you saying they wanted to sort of explore different options um, I think from from a, a practice owner's point of view, um, I think I'm in a, a bit more of a, a good situation to help nurses, you know, especially ones that are working in, in our team because I've gone through the training myself. So I know exactly what we've been taught and I know the potential that is there. So, um, for example, a lot of the things that we are taught as part of our nursing course is you know, communication um, and some aspects, practice management, um, dealing with health and safety, um, dealing with, um, you know, practice standards. We are we are actually taught how to do all of this on our course. And it, it just, although we're doing it every day, you don't really realize how much we are taught about these subjects. So there are so many opportunities and it's just using that knowledge that you've been given. Um, so I definitely would encourage a nurse to go down this route because I think, some nurses aren't unfortunately suited to clinical work and it's not because they're bad nurses. It's just because they don't enjoy it or perhaps they find it a little bit stressful um, or it could even be that they're in the wrong the wrong role at the time. Um, but there are other options like going into management that I think should be offered to nurses. And I think 
if practices have a really good, strong nurse, they definitely should consider that nurse joining the business, joining the partnership or becoming something like a clinical director, because I think it just rewards the nurses that are doing well and are keen and want to progress in a different way. Um, So I would definitely be very supportive and encouragement, you know, encourage those nurses to help. And I think, as you mentioned, teaching, it's another really important thing that good nurses need to be doing because we we have the experience and, and the knowledge and we should be sharing it with you know, younger nurses coming up and and joining the profession and we should be encouraging them and showing them that it's not just holding horses and and grooming and trotting up endless horses throughout the day. There's so many more things that we can be doing. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. I think um, it's playing to people's skills and playing to their strongest points isn't it and that's I suppose what's what what that's the definition of good management isn't it really like if you start pigeonholing people as nurses and vets it doesn't work actually that well yes we've got different qualifications and we've undergone different training but there's a huge amount of overlap um and and actually people's strengths will be different won't they and so as a manager and as a practice I suppose the key is working out how the business model that you have um, can fit with your staff as well as the staff fit into the business model you know it's not a one-way system is it so I guess if you get a nurse that's really good at managing people it doesn't make any sense to restrict that does it you know that should be channeled that should be utilized to the best of their you know the practices ability from a business point of view but also you get happier employees then don't you if they're if they're working in the field that they're best at definitely and and to the same the same way as well I think there are there are great opportunities for nurses to go and do things like ambulatory calls but for some nurses that's going to be really daunting and and leaving the comfort of the clinic is quite a big deal and I think that we should also recognize that and if if we are having nurses in clinics where we're saying, okay, you're great at this ambulatory nursing role, off you go and do it. We shouldn't forget about the nurses that are back at the clinic and we should find ways to encourage them to progress as well. So, you know, stuff like the, you know, the certificate in advanced veterinary nursing, um, if they're, if they're interested in surgery, put them into that. And I think we should really try and excel the people in their own interests and perhaps not force people to do something that they're not comfortable with that's something certainly that we've learned here um that you get much happier staff if you can actually find their areas of interest and sort of channel them into that direction yeah and i guess you need to have an open forum to discuss that it's no yeah. you know an employee isn't necessarily going to come forward and say that unless they feel comfortable doing so exactly. so yeah. and the same applies in the other direction you know the people in charge the managers or bosses need to feel comfortable to ask employees about those things it's having open dialogue really isn't it yeah definitely and i think going back to you know combining the management with the nursing role and the same really for vets and combining a management role there's no question about it it does bring a lot of extra stress um and you know because you you're dealing with the financial aspect you're dealing with the staff aspect sometimes you're dealing with you know some even maybe like conflict and things in the workplace or hr problems and you have to be the right type of person to be able to focus then back on your nursing work or on your vet work and put the management things to the back of your mind because we obviously have to be you know, completely focused on our on our clinical clinical work when we're doing it, and so it can bring a little bit of extra stress, you know, to people that are in these already quite stressful roles. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's actually a very good point, really. That's quite a nice summary of what we've discussed today, which comes across 
very strongly in what, what you've said is that everyone's very different and everyone has to be treated as individuals. Um, yeah. So we're respective really of what letters they've got after their name or, or if they've got none at all. The point is that, you know, you have to, people have to a reflect on themselves and work out what they want in life, what they enjoy, what they're good at, but also from a management point of view, that's what makes a good manager, isn't it? Is helping those individuals do that, particularly through their career. Um, and then channeling that, isn't it? It's like channeling that energy into the right places, I suppose. Yeah. And then you end up with happier, happier teams, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important to communicate between the teams, you know, and, and actually, as you said, it, it's important that people should be able to to bring forward what they like and what they don't like. And, and you should be able to work with that within the team and give people the opportunity to shine in their areas of interest. And and if somebody doesn't enjoy doing something, it doesn't mean they never have to do that again, but find ways to make it better for them or, or find a colleague that enjoys it more. And, and that's something that I feel quite strongly about, really. Yeah, breaking moulds and kind of trying to trying to find more flexibility within roles, I think, is quite key, isn't it? Like you say, not everyone's going to want to be an ambulatory nurse, for instance, or yeah. suddenly start running theatre. But actually, there's people that do want to do that. So let's recognise that and, and, and respect it as well. And yeah. um, and they'll be very good at it. If they want to do it, they'll be very good at it, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, I think that's a nice place to wrap up on this. And um, and I hope that's given some people listening food for thought. And certainly, you know, people in teams that work with nurses or who are nurses, you know, I think it all, it does, you know, bear well to trying to think about the, the individual people. And, um, and that's probably what we should be trying to concentrate on rather than trying to create one size fits all. And that goes for, goes for both of our professions, doesn't it? In that way. So yep. thank you very much for coming, Cathy. And um, I look forward to probably recording with you again later in the year when we'll have some more to update from the nurse committee. Um, and, uh, and yeah, thanks for your time. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And just want to say also for nurses out there, you know, that definitely push yourselves and do what you want to do and find your area of interest and really try and excel at it. And again, from a practice owner's point of view, if I, if I had a nurse that was coming and pestering me to do further training and learn new skills, you know, I'd be staying late to help them. So try and, you know, always, yeah. always show an interest with your boss and try and, you know, do the best that you can and, and learn as much as you can when you're given the opportunities. Definitely. Make, it's making the most, isn't it, of the yeah, opportunities definitely. that come along. Definitely. Thank you very much, Cassie. That's really useful advice. Okay, thank Take you. Take care. Bye. Bye. This episode of BeaverPod was produced by Beaver. For more details on the benefits of your Beaver membership and the products and services offered, please go to our website at www.beaver.org.uk.